the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents her strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, an article by Eric Sass in Media Post on um, how social media is actually behind rising stress levels. Now, uh, this may not seem to be brain surgery for you, but I think that the it's indicative of what's really happening uh, out there in the world when we're on Instagram, when we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter all the time, we're checking our emails. It's actually become quite a societal issue, according to the American Psychological Association and their new report, Stress in America 2017, Technology and Social Media. It's saying that social media is having a major, a major impact on increasing stress in the U.S. And they note that 86% of Americans say they frequently check social media, emails, or texts during a typical workday, with 45% saying they are constant checkers. Uh, They're saying that as a result, they feel like they are constantly reporting a higher level of stress. Their average stress level is 5.3 on a 10-point scale, and 18% of respondents who say they are constant checkers say they view these technologies as a major source of their stress. Uh, It's not only the fact that they're on social, it's the content they're encountering on social that's also stressful to them. And of course, this increases with the amount of frequency that you're on social media. Really concerning to people is political or cultural discussions is causing them stress. Um, it's also the fact that when they're on their devices, they're distracted from their families, which also causes stress. They're also less likely to meet their family and friends in person because they can check the box with social media. They believe, 65% of Americans believe that it's a good idea to unplug or take a digital detox, but only 28% of those polled have actually done so. There are some measures that they put in place, like not allowing cell phones at the dinner table, don't have it during family time, don't have it time with friends, and turn off notifications with social apps that could help reduce the time spent on social media and therefore drive down stress. Our post profile today is the Prada professional, a woman who's definitely under a lot of stress. She's juggling a full-time career as well as time at home with her children. She's married with kids, as I said, in the home, a median age of about 36, working full-time. This is a woman who values the relationships in her lives. Um, She's a practical purchaser looking for expensive items. She's shopping at different stores for the best price. She feels like she's good at managing money. She plans ahead for very expensive purchases, and she is online on the internet to make those planned shopping trips. However, she's a workaholic, she says. Um, She's feels like it's really important for her family to think she's doing well, but yet she feels like life is more than work, and she does like to spend time with her family or at the arts or even traveling as well. 
So how can you intersect with Prada Professional? Well, she's reading a lot of magazines, viewing a lot of cable and network television for entertainment, as well as getting her information online. So she's reading Real Simple and Style Shape, Vanity Fair, Cooking Light, and she's watching Food Network, E, Fine Living, TLC, and TBS. My guest today knows a lot about the state of women here in the United States. In fact, that's her job. Marianne Schnall is the co-founder and executive director of the women's website and nonprofit organization, Feminist.com. You may have actually seen her um, her interviews on media outlets like, oh, the Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, CNN, Time, NEW. She's also a, a noted speaker, uh, whether it's at Harvard or through or other organizations through Women's Media Center. And she's a frequent blogger on the Huffington Post, as well as a contributor to the nationally syndicated NPR radio show, 51% The Woman's Perspective. Um, she's written a book that has more relevancy today than it did when it first came out several years ago. That book is called What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Conversations about women, leadership, and power. And it is kind of the elephant in the room, isn't it? What will it take to make a woman president? I can't wait to ask that question of Marianne Schnall and hear her answers. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Stick around. Purse Strings returns with Marianne in just a moment. Purse Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the... How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to... Add some Cranberry Radio podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Hello, it's Maria. I'm finally here. There we go. <laughs> Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm well. How are you? It's so nice to be able to talk to you finally. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your patience. My oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I know what it's crazy. like. Life gets busy, doesn't it? Do you know? It sounds it like does. you were doing traveling and having your daughter home and all of that. I'm just glad we found a time that worked. So, oh, me well, too. Mm-hmm. Wait. well worth the wait. I want to make sure I'm saying your last name correctly. Can you can you pronounce mm-hmm. it for me? Schnall. Schnall. It's exactly what I thought. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. And I'm going to ask you this before we get into the um, the show. Um, have you ever done like um, a Skype uh, interview with a class? Do you talk to students very often in your I work? I did that once when, uh, the only time I did a Skype, like, 
thing like that was when I was supposed to speak at Harvard and there was a weather snafu and I couldn't make it there. And so I did it that way. I, I did do that one. Okay. Well, here's why I'm asking and it's completely personal. So you can, you can blow me off if you wish, but okay. um, my daughter goes to a, a major high school here in Minnesota and they have a feminist club and they um, meet every week to do, to talk and uh, about feminism and they pull in authors and they look at books and look at magazines they look at videos mm -hmm. and I know you're super busy but would you ever consider just Skyping in for 15 minutes one time in their meeting or is that just too much to ask I mean I definitely think I would I know for sure in the near future I won't be able to do that for a while I'm launching you know as you know yes, the platform. I'm going to be away <laughs> Um, I'm going away for a week, and um, so I just think the next month or so is going to, I mean, you can check back with me. I just know I'm so behind on deadlines yeah. and everything, and, you know, every time I've rearranged your phone call, I rearranged others. I'm about <laughs> to go into, to New York City for meetings for the next three days. So just realistically, you know, the next month or so is probably busy, but you can, you know, check back in with me. Yeah. You know, I could I could would could try to make it work so yeah no that's great I that totally, she has a club like that yeah yeah no I totally get it and I thought I would just ask before we got into the show because otherwise I'll forget no, to the end <laughs> the thing you should know is uh on a side note as part of like the what will it take platform that I'm gonna launch we are talking about um having materials and curriculum and just you know content for k-12 through and um so that's you know, mm. in, in the work, because there has been, you know, all these clubs that are sprouting up, which is great. Um, it you is know, my great. high school came, I just did a, a Men and Women as Allies event, and my uh, high school from Fieldston and, and Riverdale, um, they brought their women's leadership club. So I know that there is interest, and that's fantastic. And so, yes, um, Wonderful. You know, we will be that's yeah, great I am glad to hear you're doing that well I will definitely be touching base with you again on that but our purpose today is to get you in and out here so we're not taking up too much of your time I'll have you out at the top of the hour um, because it's pre-taped we're going to jump right into those questions that I had for you and um, at some point I will toss to a fake break you'll hear me go silent for about five seconds I'll come back reintroduce mm -hmm. you We'll do the final questions and I'll wrap up and I'll drive everyone to uh, your website, Marianne Schnall. And do you want me to also, is that the, the site you want me to send as opposed to uh, Woman Press Book or do you want me to do both? Yeah, um, um, probably MarianneSchnall.com is probably yeah. the best one. Um, and when is this going to run? I mean, what will it take? Dot com will be up by International Women's Day. Fingers crossed. But maybe we can stay away. We don't have to do that. But MarianneSchnall. Dot com at very least would be great. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely, I'll do that. You and can then, find out about the books there, and you know, and then you know, if I have latest news about what will it take, I'll post something there. So it's sort of it's a great way to link to everything that I do. Feminist. Dot com is everything there. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And and the International Women's Day is coming up um, next. Um, it's coming up next week, right? Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so George, what I'm thinking is this um, should air next Tuesday. Okay. 
get next Tuesday for this show. So um, we can talk about moving some things around. But I know when you mentioned that to me, I thought we need to play this bef- the day before. So, um, okay. So at any point, Marianne, if you want to have a retake, let's say you stumble or didn't get it out the way you wanted to, just tell me, hey, I want to take another take. Just stop down for five seconds and then pick up where you left off. And that gives George enough time to make a clean edit. Okay. Okay, easy. All right. So I'm ready if you're ready, George. We're recording. Please take it away. Okay. (laughs) Stand by. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Marianne Schnall. Marianne's a widely published writer and interviewer whose writings and interviews have been featured in a number of media outlets. You know the ones. Oh, the Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, CNN, Time, uh, EW, and of course the Women's Media Center. Um, I think what's most impressive, there's so many things that are impressive about Marianne, but that I, I think what stood out for me, especially related to this show, is she is the co-founder and executive director of the women's website and nonprofit organization organization, feminist.com. She's also, as I mentioned, a prolific author. Um, She has a brand new book out called What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Conversations about women, leadership, and power. So very, very timely topic right here for Purse Strings. So uh, Marianne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's no coincidence that you're here on the show the day before International Women's Day, which, of course, uh, I think most everyone knows. It's a global day celebrating social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. It also is a day that uh, is a call to action for accelerating gender parity. And I know you're going to be commemorating this day with the launch of a brand new site. Talk to us about that. Well, um, yes, I'll be launching a new platform that's called What Will It Take? And it was actually the idea for launching the platform was inspired by my book, What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Uh, Conversations about Women, Leadership, and Power, because I wanted to, while I was raising the dialogue about what we can do to get more women into leadership positions, uh, the idea was that I would knew that it would be helpful to have a hub where you could sort of find all of the programs and organizations all in one space. So that was part of the reason why I've been thinking about this for quite a while, um, and we're finally going to be ready to launch it. And um, it'll be, you know, an ongoing project, but I think that having a focused sort of resource where you can find everything in one place, you know, will be helpful for people, especially right now. I feel like there's a lot of energy Um, particularly from women looking to get more civically engaged and to run for office, to have a place that would offer inspiration, you know, connections, events where they can immediately get involved and get connected. Because as I said, you know, this is a time where we really need to have more women in all positions of leadership cross-sector. Yes, we do, don't we? I think uh, that's been kind of the cry since the presidential election. It's, my gosh, what is it going to take after all? I mean, we have one of the most qualified women in the history of presidential candidates and still can't get her elected. So um, I know with this book, um, this kind of came from a, a space that was really personal for you. Can you talk about what led you to write What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Sure. Well, you know, ironically, it's, um, first of all, it's, the book has actually been out for a while now. It's, it's had a few lives. Um, you know, the book came out in 2013. Um, however, it's gotten a couple different sort of boosts, one from when Hillary announced that she was running for a second time, 
And then, you know, when Beyonce recommended the book in an interview. So it's it's been funny that, you know, it has. And now, of course, it's so topical again. What will it take to make women president? Uh, you know, that this question is still something that uh, we have to be thinking about. But the book was first inspired by my um, daughter, who was then eight years old. Her name's Lotus. And it was right after Barack Obama um, was elected president. And we were talking about how remarkable it was to have our first African-American president. And she sort of turned to me and just asked this very innocent question about why we never had a woman president. And it just really, you know, stuck to me as this really interesting and sort of difficult and kind of provocative question to ask. And I had decided that I would sort of work it into, um, you know, some interviews that I might do in the future. And I found myself at a women's media center event and I decided I was doing an article for a few outlets, including CNN. And I decided to work it into um, my questions for some of the, the well-known women that were there, Gloria Steinem and, Jane Fonda and Cheryl Sandberg, Arianna Huffington. Um, I I asked this question about um, what will it take to make women president? Why you know why wouldn't you have thought after Hillary's first run that we would have more momentum around women in leadership? And I wrote this piece. I got some more um, perspectives from people like Nancy Pelosi and Kirsten Gillibrand, and it ran in CNN. It got so much attention <laughs> that uh, uh, you know that it was suggested that I turn it into a book, and so. It's been this amazing journey because, uh, you know, I first of all, it was such a grassroots effort. I mean, I really, as I started reaching out to people to be interviewed, they would make suggestions of other people that I should speak to. And so it was, you know, you know, Donna Brazil would say, you should speak to these congresswomen. And, you know, Gloria Stein would make suggestions. So by the end of the process, I had thought I would do 30 interviews. I had done nearly 60. <laughs> so it was actually an ebook version with 19 additional interviews. And that really is because this question about, you know, what it will take to make a woman president is this lens into so many interconnect connecting issues that sort of affect not just politics, but our culture. And, you know, we're still having to think about them because these are still um, issues and, and challenges that we face around the lack of parity for women in leadership. Right. I know. I would love to be able to say that your book is outdated, Marianne, you know, that there's really no need to be reading your book. I mean, not that I'm sure it's not a lovely book, but I, I wish we were to the point where we had a woman president when we, we were already there, um, I, which really kind of begs yeah. the question is, you know, um, what what do you think is at the root of our inability to elevate a woman to the nation's highest office? I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of really powerful, strong, um, intelligent women about their what what they think it will take to make a woman president. But what what is your thought on that? Well, I think you know one of the first things that I think we need to do, and I think there is more awareness around this right now is just acknowledge that we have a really serious problem in the first place, because I think that, you know, we think of the United States as this very, you know, progressive country, but we are 104th in the world in terms of women in national legislatures. And not only have we never had a woman president, but, you know, the numbers of women in other positions of political office are just as low. So women are less than 19.4% of Congress, 20, we're 21% of the Senate. There's only four women out of 50 governors. And, you know, the governorship is often considered a pipeline into um, the presidency. So we first have to start with the fact that there is an issue and a problem. And one of the 
the main things we can do is get more women in the political pipeline and running for office. And that's one positive thing that we have seen since the election um, has been this surge of women that are stepping up to sign up for programs that train them to run for office. Um, all of these groups, many of whom um, that I work with and know that do these trainings are seeing like just huge, you know, doubling, quadrupling of numbers. So that's a very positive sign. So that's one thing that we can do. Um, the other things that we can do is, you know, some of these are psychological obstacles too. I mean, there's a lot of structural obstacles and, you know, I'll name a few, but one of the interesting things I found out in interviews with my book is just the idea that women need to see themselves as leaders in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. And those messages have to reach much earlier to girls because there's kind of this internal glass ceiling that we have to deal with. And part of the reason why women sometimes don't step up to run for office um, is because they think they're not expert enough or it's not the right time or they're not qualified. Um, and men, you know, don't necessarily have the same kind of, you know, perfectionist expectations of themselves. And also just in general, there's so many disempowering messages that we send to girls um, that, you know, try to have them either focus too much on on their looks or just, you know, to be pleased, to please and to be liked and um, to not see themselves as leaders. And part of the problem with that is also we don't have enough women leaders to be role models. That's another reason why you need more women leaders. And that was even though Hillary did not ultimately get there, um, at least these girls um, did see, you know, a very high profile woman running and reaching that milestone of being the first uh, female pres- you know, presidential nominee of a major political party. So that's some of the important things that we can do. And then the other things that came up in the book were sort of culture change issues in terms of monitoring the portrayal of women leaders in the media. Um, you know, and we see this with leaders like Hillary, um, no matter what you, you know, thought of Hillary, you know, there was very obvious, you know, sort of sexist coverage that often happens when you have mm-hmm. um, these sort of powerful women leaders that are often depicted, um, particularly women, you know, female politicians or just women who, um, you know, are in these kind of high, high positions as sort of negative um, and, you know, that's something that, you know, men don't face that same kind of problem where they're sort of, this is one of the things Cheryl Sandberg said, that is, you know, women get more successful, they're less liked, whereas men don't sort of face that same problem. So there is kind of this very negative way. I mean, even the way that whether it was talking about, you know, Hillary's voice being too shrill or too loud or, um, you know, just uh, just some of the coverage and things that you would say about, you would, uh, you know, women, um, you just won't, don't hear those things about men. And so changing, I think, the portrayal of women um, leaders would help in the media. And then there are other things that we can do that would actually improve politics in general in terms of, you know, the, the obstacle of having to raise these enormous, you know, sums of money. Um, so campaign finance reform and certainly, you know, financial support of women candidates uh, would definitely because it, it does appear that oftentimes women have more of a challenge raising the ridiculous amount of money that it takes to run a campaign. And then, you know, the other um, thing that I often heard was about the deterrent of women feeling like they couldn't run for office because they had to balance work and family. Um, and that's something that I think is we can do through policies that we should have anyway, um, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, paid family leave, equal pay, affordable childcare, um, you know, the idea that marriage roles, this would, of course, benefit all working women, not just women um, who have political careers. 
And, um, you know, so those are just, you know, a few of the things. But ultimately, I think right now there is this energy and momentum. I think women are really energized and waking up. And as much as we can encourage women and point them to connect them with the resources and support networks that they need, um, I think that we could hopefully see a lot more women in office sometime Mm -hmm. soon. Yeah, uh, here in Minnesota, we have an organization called Women Winning. Um, it's same same idea. They they exist really to find qualified women who are suited for offices at all levels. Really, they're they're looking to recruit, coach, and elevate them. So there is that pipeline of talent, and and for the role models that you talked about, and to show women that they they are leaders and and get them into an office so they can start to have success. Um, do you, have you seen more mm-hmm. of these kind? of grassroots organizations even cropping up, like even new ones? Or do you, are you just seeing that more women, to your point, are waking up to, hey, wait a minute, we need more women in office. I need to take my stand and I need to get involved with organizations that are already in place. I mean, I think it's all those things. I mean, I think so much has happened even just, you know, in the past month. I mean, ironically, Donald Trump might be the most energizing things we've had for women. I mean, just, <laughs> I was at the Women's March in D.C., and I can tell you, you know, that was, it's a, quite a force to have all those millions of women and men out there. And this is obviously a movement, that grassroots movement that is still being led by women and still very active and mobilized. So to see women sort of like awake and wanting to use their voices is a great first step. And by the way, my book was never about the fact that the only way um, to be of influence is to be in politics, which, of course, we desperately need women on both sides of the aisle there. But anytime you're like an informed, active, engaged citizen, and whether it's in your communities or it's on your school board or you decide to found a nonprofit or give to, I mean, there's so many ways right now that women can make themselves heard. Um, and so I think that's really important to underscore. But um, I have had the privilege of, um, of the organizations that are, have been out there for years that um, offer trainings and programs for women looking to run. So whether it's the one that you just mentioned in your community or groups that are, you know, there's, there's Running Start and Representation 2020 and Vote Run Lead and She Should Run. And these are just a few of them. This is why I want to get my what will it take platform up there because there are literally so many great groups that offer such meaningful support and resources and a huge network behind you. And I'm sure that there are more that are going to be founded, but the good news is this is already a system and a network that is already out there that's waiting to you know, assist in whatever stage you are in terms of thinking about getting more involved in running. Mm-hmm. Mary Ann, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I do want to delve a little bit more into the implication of a Trump presidency on on women, um, equity, gender equity issues, um, and other such uh, very hefty uh, topics. So please hang out there. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll hear more from Mary Ann Schnall. Stick around. Her Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts 
can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to First Strings. I've been chatting today with Marianne Schnall. Marianne is the co-founder and executive director of the women's website and nonprofit organization Feminist.com. She's also a prolific writer and the author of several books, her latest called What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Conversations about women, leadership, and power. And Marianne and I I have been talking today about what will it take to make a woman president. Uh, First, we have to have role models out there, right? Role models. Part of it's a role model issue. We need to see women in these leadership roles. We need to see women in office. And we also need women to see themselves as leaders. Um, And with this presidential election, as Marianne mentioned, it's been interesting that uh, it may have been perhaps the most stimulating thing to happen to the women's movement um, as a result of Donald Trump's election. So I'm curious, beyond kind of reinvigorating the women's movement, though, has there been a quieting effect in any way on the Trump election uh, when it comes to these kinds of issues that we battle every single day, Marianne, the discrimination that we face in the workplace, the the um, the inequity in uh, our pay, in leave discrimination, those kinds of things? I mean, to me, you know, I mean, it's it's a complicated, it's it's emotional and personal for all of us. I think how we are perceiving, um, you know, this new reality in a Trump presidency. But you know, in some ways, for someone like myself who's been working for you know decades on women's issues, it was um, you know such a wake up call for girls and women who do not necessarily think about these issues, who all of a sudden were really forced to have their eyes open. And to me, in some ways, that is really helpful and transformative because I think why there has been somewhat slow progress um, on many of these issues is because it was kind of very subliminal and subversive um, where, and, and I think there was sort of a complacency of this, this is just how it is. And so what I am witnessing in terms of, you know, this kind of, you know, heightened, um, you know, activation and awareness of, of women and girls and young women, to me, is something that I think, um, even though right now we're still sort of in shock and figuring out what to do with it all, will be um, a, like a, a very powerful force 
to create meaningful change in, in hopefully a way that is uh, a little bit faster than it had been been going. Um, you know, that said, uh, I think it will mean that we all have to be so vigilant and aware. I mean, sometimes I wish I didn't have to like watch you know so much of the news, but there's mm-hmm. so many things that are happening that are are, are, are threatening, not just that we're not going to be making progress on some of these, you know, rights that have taken so long to achieve, but that there might be, you know, rollbacks, um, you know, whether it's on funding to things like the Violence Against Women Act or on reproductive choice, um, you know, some of these are really frightening prospects. And I think it's going to require uh, us being all engaged, and this isn't just women, men too, and of course there are so many other marginalized communities that are under threat in a Trump presidency that we're going to have to be, you know, sort of in in constant, you know, state of awareness and ready to respond. So I think that um, if we can, you know, figure some of that out that I, and, and sort of form coalitions, which is one of the very positive things I've seen in the wake of the election. And I think we saw it as, you know, part of the march. There is all of these groups that used to sort of work in silos that are now formed working together, you know, whether it's around, um, you know, minorities and LGBT and Muslims and immigrants and even the environment. I mean, it's sort of like we're all coming together to fight for what's right and, you know, for for justice and for, for love and for tolerance and all of these things. And when we all form together, which never before has really happened, I think that is hugely powerful and, um, you know, can overcome hopefully a lot of whatever, you know, threat there might be in this current administration. Well, you sound very hopeful and positive, which I I can really appreciate, and especially as a mother of daughters myself. I mean, I know your daughter's now a teenager. What do you talk with her today about the state of being female in the U.S. and what the future holds for her? Well, I have two daughters, actually. I have Lotus, who is now 15, and then my daughter, Jasmine, um, is at um, George Washington University. She's a political science major. <laughs> um, she, you know, is in leadership for her GW Dems group, and she also interned for um, the Obama administration last semester. So she's very, very active and thinking about running for office herself. So, But both Yay. my daughters... My way of raising them has always been to be very honest and open about my own experiences as a female in this, you know, society and culture, um, and so that they are kind of aware to about us, particularly also what messages to take in. Of course, they've been lucky because they've been hearing me interview people like, you know, Gloria Steinem and Maya Angelou and, you know, Oprah their whole life. So they've had, <laughs> you know, some great people, um, you know, in their ear to be exposed to. But, you know, for the most part, I have always made them, while being aware of the fact that there are these these challenges um, that, you know, are trying to hold back uh, their their aspirations and dreams that they can do anything they set their mind to. And so their daughters are different, but they're very, um, you know, strong and, and courageous and in their own ways and really have so much more of a sort of centered sense of self than I ever did. And I see that as enormous progress. And I see that not just in my daughters, but in sort of young women everywhere. Um, they are just growing up, I think, with um, just much greater uh are and what they want to do in their lives and with such determination to do that. 
Yes, I know. It, it's really a very invigorating, isn't it, to be around young women who um, feel empowered and feel that, you know, their future is is bright and they're willing to be active and they're willing to get involved. Um, but that kind of fast forward to the next five years. Do you, you think we're going to see a female candidate in the next election? I mean, I would think so. And I would hope so. You know, I mean, I think, first of all, my book was always saying that it, the first of all, is not just, you know, any woman necessarily, or, or that, you know, women are better or, or, you know, just throwing any woman to be president, but it is about the fact that, and we do need women on both sides of the aisle. There is so many talented women in politics that would make for fantastic presidents. Um, and I think that, and I, you know, there's certainly a few that I have in my head that would, would be great presidents. So uh, my hope is that, yes, we will. And, you know, I think that, you know, when people used to say to me that they could only imagine a woman president in their lifetime, if, you know, Hillary ran, that was always very discouraging to me. But I think what's happening now, I think we all experienced how close we came to having a woman president and how much we wanted that. So I think that there will be even more determination if there is, you know, a qualified candidate who's aligned with our values and we have the opportunity to vote for that for that woman, I think women and men would be excited to do so. And so my hope is that yes, we will we will see a candidate and eventually we will vote one in. Uh, me too, Marianne, me too. Well, um, our time is up, but I thank you very, very much for being on today. And I, I do want to remind everyone that they can pick up your book, What Will It Take to Make a Woman President? Conversations about Women, Leadership, and Power. Um, more relevant than it ever has been, Marianne. And also to go to her website, feminist.com. As you may remember, she's a co-founder and executive director of that nonprofit organization, feminist.com. And to learn more about Marianne herself, check out marianneschnall.com. Marianne, thank you so much for being on. And I wish you uh, much success in fighting the good fight on behalf of many of us. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for all you do, too. Thank you. And thanks to George. And join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 